0: Is King Cash, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. What's up, guys? You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast with your host, Mark Madison. This episode's guest is King Cash. Visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You
1: can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anchor or whatever podcast
0: app you prefer and now here's mark madison
1: welcome ladies and gentlemen this is mark madison and i'm joined this week on the pro wrestling post podcast with mr king cash uh, who will be competing as part of defy wrestling's aries swerve 2 event uh, this coming friday july the 20th thanks again king for your time and your energy
0: Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be part of the show this Friday. Um, It's going to be an awesome event.
1: Fantastic. Share your early interest and pursuit in wrestling. um, How did it initially come about, and how did that transition from being a fan to actually being the guy that walks through the curtain as opposed to the person standing and sitting, maybe in the crowd watching it develop, come about?
0: Yeah, I I moved uh, from Iran to America when I was actually like 10 years old. And um, I was just, you know, flipping through the channel. I I had no idea what pro wrestling was. And uh, I saw, I I just turned into WWE, and I, I, the first thing I saw was, like, someone getting powerbombed into a table, and I was like, whoa, this is, like, the coolest thing ever. And um, I I was a fan until I I was 18 years old, and as soon as I turned 18, you know, I knew you could do this. Um, And I I turned to a pro wrestling school locally, and I started training.
1: Um, when you were that fan growing up, who was it that maybe inspired and said, you know, uh, yeah, they took those crazy bumps through tables? But who was it that maybe you gravitated towards that was maybe an influence?
0: My favorite was Triple H. Um, Triple H was was the guy I always like wanted to be like. Um, his style of wrestling and you know his charisma and his presence I always loved, and um, he, I always wanted to be just like him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's so evolved, though, throughout his career, right? He just didn't stick to one character? Changed his. No, he
0: just, he he, he was like, man, he came out at first. He was, you know, Attitude Era. I never got to watch that time. You know, right now I'm like 22 years old. I never got to uh, watch the Attitude Era. And when you talk to most, you know, wrestling fans, they say Attitude Era was the best time. Mm -hmm. But when I started watching, um, he was doing the comedy stuff with uh, Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. And to me, that that was awesome, you know, it made me
1: laugh and entertain me. Um, do you see, how can you see the King Cash character being from where maybe you get started to where you, you maybe foresee it going? Like, do you see it having an edge? Do you see it being more comedic? Do you see it being kind of a bit of both or transitioning? What do you see?
0: King Cash, I mean, like I said, I'm from Iran, and that's my whole character. Is, uh, I'm a Persian kid that, you know, is cocky. Mm-hmm. But again, like, at the end, I don't want to do the whole foreign, like, bad guy, King Cash, um, because he's from another country. I want it to be different. I want it to be a, maybe a babyface or a good guy, as we say, um, for wrestling. And, you know, that, that's never been done. And right now, WWE's doing that with a couple of other guys. Um, you know, having a foreign guy that's, you know, different than just say, because I'm from another country, I am a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to do like a, you know, a little bit of, not necessarily comedy at all, but, uh, i'm because I, I, my style of wrestling is very serious. Um, but, you know, I want to just do something different that, you know, you can even get the fans behind you, even if you're from another country.
1: Yeah you mentioned those other characters like an Arya Davari is plays the stereotypical and it's not really fair right but then you have someone great like Mustafa Ali who's um just really inspirational and and maybe you can carry on in that same vein right that same story of being
0: yes, yes the same the same thing of you know him him just coming out and saying hey just because you're from another country does not doesn't make you a bad guy and the, and he's a g- tremendous wrestler and You know, the crowd is behind him, and that's awesome. You
1: know, I'm so happy for him, and this is, like, that was very cool. Uh, I was fortunate enough to come across something that um, was quite inspiring, um, written about yourself, uh, and the influence of Buddy Wayne. Um, Maybe you could share with fans what he meant to you, and uh, what he's left you with, and and how that all came about.
0: Yeah, so he, I mean, when I, looked up locally the schools. I couldn't find anybody that could train me because um, Seattle, like, wrestling is it was very dead, like, about four years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to WrestleMania, and I met Daniel Bryan, and he said go train with Buddy Wayne. And, I. you know, I I was 18. I didn't know who Buddy Wayne was because he was, like, a very... Um, he was a old-school wrestler and uh, around Territory days. And I started training with him, and um, he was more than a teacher. He was more than like, hey, come to class, let me teach you this and go home. He, you know, he taught me everything, every aspect of wrestling, everything about the business side of it, everything of how to conduct yourself, and, you know, something a lot of schools don't do. Hmm. A lot of school, wrestling schools, take your money for 12 weeks, um, here's the stuff you need to learn, here's how to protect yourself, go ahead and do it, and then you don't have to the sure again. Um, he treated me like his own son. I went to family vacations with him. Um, I spent you know, uh, like a lot of time, he I came in before and after wrestling classes just to learn more stuff, and he knew I was hungry, and uh, he took the time to tell me stuff that you know um, I I do to this day, and it helps me in wrestling, and um, it's it's very it's very old school, and a lot of people don't know, but um, he was more than a teacher to me, and uh, I was very very thankful to him.
1: Wow, um, it's interesting that you say that, that about wrestling schools, but uh, was it just Buddy that you could say that he gave you that, that all-in-one kind of training, or has there been other people along the way?
0: I mean, Buddy, Buddy introduced me to his friend, Rick Rogers, and um, you know, I, I talked to Rick to this day, and um, he still like, you know, gives me points, pointers and advice, and also Tim Flowers. Uh, hmm. Tim Flowers is another friend of the sea. Um, who, I mean, who to this day, man, he calls me, like, once a week or twice a week. You know, ask how I'm doing if I need anything. And, he, you know, he's helping me get on some shows. and um, He's helping me, like, introduce introduce me to people that, you know, are on other bigger promotions and companies, and I can make connections. Uh, but through Buddy, I got to know a lot of people. Guys like Brian Alvarez. Uh, but, yeah, just a lot of people that I, you know, Matt Farmer, um, all these guys that you know book these shows and you don't know, have connections and um you can help me to this day which is, i'm so grateful
1: for um unfortunately buddy's no longer with us but uh what do you what do you say to his memory and what you're able to still carry forward with that connection
0: um i mean buddy was a guy that would tell you straight up to your face that if you're not good if you're bad you know <laughs> and um and he, he he just take no from nobody. He didn't give a fuck what anybody said, and that's what I liked about him. You know, like he was he would tell you the truth, and um, he would always tell me like, no matter what, like if you work hard in this, it will pay off. Um, and he said a lot of guys, like for example, don't have a body uh, in indie wrestling. Right. And, you know, so he would work on that. He was like, get it, like, can't be. Be tan when you go to a show. So I always try to be tan. You know, he would tell you some pointers. That he's like, like be different. Like, get get those chic boots. No one wears those, you know, anymore. Um, but yeah, so he he would try to stay away, stand out from like being a normal indie wrestler. And that's what I always love because every indie wrestler looks the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and that's that was my my kind of my kind of piggybacking off the question. Because you had said, you know, but he will tell you straight out. Do you think that guys are a little more sensitive to being told straight out? I mean, it doesn't sound like you are. Oh, yeah. But you, I'm sure you've seen things, you right?
0: Yeah, man, like, when you look at the wrestling back in the day, um, it was, these guys were like the real men. You know what I mean? These mm-hmm. guys looked like fucking killers. Um, These guys were just straight up thick, tall, um, if you say anything, they'll straight up kill you. Now it's just a bunch of geeks running around the locker room, like playing Nintendo Switch. You know what I mean? Like, this, these guys, and no, and this is serious, and nobody wants to, like, these guys all weigh a buck 20, you know what I mean? Uh, when their girlfriends weigh more than them, and they think they're wrestlers. Like, that's not what wrestlers look to me. Like, again, I fell in love with guys like Triple H. These guys were, he, 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 real men. huge yeah. guys, that are larger than life, like, that one that's what makes you, like, believe in the wrestling. Um, I mean, sure, there are a couple high flyers, but, like, in the locker room, everyone is a child, you know? No one, like, no one wants to go out and, you know, make connections. Um, I was actually hanging out with MVP the other day, and he told me business is done at the bar, right? So every wrestler goes to the bar, and that's where everything is done, talking. But now everyone wants to go back to their hotel and, you know, play video games, like, No one does that anymore. You know, everyone's so sensitive, and everyone's just like... It's another, you know, world, I get it. But I wish I was, like, born, you know, 20, 30 years earlier.
1: Yeah. Well, you've got an appreciation for that, I think. And that kind of gets into... I mean, you talked about Rip Rogers. Rip sounds like another guy that doesn't pull any punches. He tells you exactly what he's thinking. Um, And if he doesn't like something, he's going to say it, so...
0: Yeah, and I'd rather, you know, I'm, I'm spending my time. I, I loved it. I love this so much. And I spent so much time doing this. I'd rather someone tells me, like, what I need to fix, you know, because I'm paying them or just tell me if I suck because I, I don't want to suck. You know what I mean? If, mm-hmm. I, if I'm bad at something, it's like, tell me straight up so I can fix it. You know, I'd rather take that, um, take that critique and from the right people, you know, not from the wrong people because everyone, like, fucking tries to give you advice but they've done nothing, you know, but it gives, it gives you right. Advice, and they've done something in their career, and I, I want to get take that and you know fix it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, alluded, well, you really briefly mentioned it. You met a uh, another Washington native. Uh, it's kind of no secret with who he is and how popular he is. And Daniel Bryan, he said to go meet Buddy Wayne. But was there anything else in that conversation um, from uh, your discussion with? with daniel that you felt comfortable sharing about uh what he left you with any advice i mean it's such a snapshot of a guy that's uh i've heard of him as a trainer and discipline is so key even in his training sessions and how he works with others that he left you with
0: um nothing much cause it was a brief moment we talked and i just told him i'm from seattle and and my goal is to become a wrestler and I, there's you know where should i train he said when he started there was nobody. So he actually moved down to Texas. Mm-hmm. He's like, but night now, there's Buddy Wayne, which, you know, he's old school and he knows what he's doing. Um, so I can train with him, you know, and, and that's it. That was the competition. There was nothing much to it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, guys, uh, Mr. William Regal on Twitter, he goes, like, Buddy, he's a great trainer. Um, I mean, he's endorsed by everybody, you know, and I mean, I don't want to go to school that's just a bunch of backyarders, you know, just, uh each other you know when I want to always learn by someone local um, that's has a reputable a reputation that's what my goal
1: was yeah no doubt um, and how was the transition in life uh, from I mean you said you moved over when you were 10 but you've moved from the age of 10 to to now um I mean it's it's been how many years would you say?
0: Um, I moved from uh, Iran to America in like 2005, so 13 years actually.
1: Okay, 13 years. Um, How did you find that, that transition from your time developing as a wrestler?
0: Um, so first I had to learn the language, right? Right, so right. that was hard for me when I got here as a kid. Um, but you know, my whole life was wrestling, like it, when I was in school, like, it was all wrestling. Like, I didn't like school at all. I just wanted to come home and watch wrestling. And I didn't know the language, so this was the best part of it. Um, I don't have to listen to these guys. These guys are just telling stories with the way they're wrestling. And that's how I got it. Um, this, I mean, that, that's the only thing I fell in love with. I would not get into anything else. Um, I couldn't. And my, most of my friends grew out of it. You know, the friends that were, like, 10, 11, 12 years old at that time. By the time we all hit 15, 16. They're all out of it. They're all like, ah, shit, fake. And I'm like, no, but this is still cool to me. You know, this is still, like, this still my childhood. You know, and if I even stop wrestling, like, wrestling is my childhood. That's what I fell in love with. And that's what I remember me being as a kid with a wrestling
1: dad. It's interesting you said that because, you know, learning the language is popular. I think I read somewhere where Kevin Owens uh, learned how to speak uh, from, you know, native uh, French from being from Quebec Learning English after watching like WrestleMania 10, I believe, or 11, and um, you know that. Funny enough, listening to commentary is kind of what helped him learn the language.
0: Yeah, that's like that's that's it is because you just keep hearing this stuff. You're like, what is this? What is it? And like they're talking about something. You're like, oh, okay, I got it. So you, like I don't know, like it's what Extreme Rules is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what it is.
1: Well, it'd be funny if, you know, you go up to your teacher and you call her a slobber knocker or something. Like, you don't expect that coming. <laughs> um, could you have, okay, so, I mean, it's hard because it's, it's 13 years. You were just a kid, a 10. But if life hadn't been what it is and you hadn't had the time to develop into the wrestler you're becoming, if life had been just in Iran, do you think the opportunities kind of would still have been lent to you in becoming a wrestler, even if you'd stayed?
0: Um, in Iran, no. But mm-hmm. I think every there, there's no way in Iran because there's no pro wrestling in Iran at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. I think there was a reason that for me to come here and follow love with pro wrestling. And, um, you know, at, at 19 years old, I wrestled for WWE. You know, and that's like, and that's like unheard of. You know, how many 19 year old like get a dark match on WWE product? Not lie. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I believe everything happens for a reason, and um, and if if I was in Iran, there there could have been no dream of even being a pro wrestler, and um, I mean, I fell in love with wrestling very quick, I think I came here, and like, two weeks after I came to the U.S., I was like watching wrestling.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts about how, you know, the greatest Royal Rumble happened, and it was about um, reaching out to a different demographic, uh, demographic, and uh, touching base with, with a different culture, do you think that um, that means that we're moving forward and, and there's greater chances of wrestlers or fans developing that are straight up coming from Iran rather than just having to come to the U.S. and develop?
0: I, I Man, this, 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 that Greatest Royal Rumble was so cool to me. Because it's so nice for like WWE to go outside of here. I, I can see them thing of moving international and... Um, growing another fan base and that's very smart and I would like, you know, I would love to see a performance center like in Middle East mm-hmm. you know, for all other like Middle Eastern people and all those people are not wrestlers that come to try out, they're athletes, they're like just soccer players, uh, wrestlers like amateur wrestlers um, they're not professional wrestlers, so there's not much professional wrestling in Middle East at all. Right. Um. you know, that's been taught by someone that knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. so I, I would love to like an NXT or a performance center down in the Middle East. Uh, maybe they're just going to do, you know, Middle East and a Europe and, like, a South America and North America, like, you know, right we have right now. But um, I don't know. I, I hope to see, you know, more more opportunities open up. And, you know, we have a lot of time, and so do I. So, we'll just sit there. I'm going to see what I'm going to decide, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? This is superstar Jake Atlas, a member of the PCW Ultra roster. You guys are listening to Pro Wrestling Post podcast. Make sure you guys tune in. Check out, uh, check it out. Uh,
1: I know it, it doesn't necessarily pertain to Iran, but I remember uh, Impact doing the the Ring King uh, a few years back. Um, were you aware of that, or was there any interest in even trying out for something or pertaining or going I- to that?
0: No, I don't know how it has been long ago. What I, I've heard of it because I know my friends, uh, Bollywood boys. Yep. Um, right now, the on so like, yeah, they did it, and I, but I didn't know until they told me, like right after it. Um, I don't know how many years ago that was, but I mean, any any company you know that I can wrestle for, um, I would love to. You know, I just want to get an experience right now, uh, just working around and you know, getting my name out there. Any any company, yeah, Impact. Uh, Lucha Underground, New Japan, NOAA, all these got companies I would love to wrestle for. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, get the experience before, like, WWE signs a lot of guys at 26, 27, 28. Yeah. You know, so I have uh, five, six, seven years.
1: Um, you, since your early training to maybe now, I mean, you—you you, it hasn't been a long time. But let's just uh, kind of go with this a little bit because it, it isn't yesterday. It has been a little bit of time. Uh, what can you say maybe is the most important thing you've learned during your initial training to actually being in the ring and where you are now and where you've seen that? You've heard and had such great support and great advice, but there's that other piece about actually performing. What's the biggest change that you've noticed personally as a, prof- or sorry, professionally as you?
0: So, um, the first, I mean, the first thing that I was taught was wrestling, right? So, um, Buddy, would, Buddy didn't care about character or if you have a nice ring jacket or he didn't give a fuck about any of that. He's like, the first thing is if you can work. And that's what anybody looks at. If you mm-hmm. go to a WWE, like, a, as an extra talent, they don't care, like, if you can, um, you know, if you have, a, like, a cool jacket or if you're, like, doing some backflip. If you can work, you're on. Like, they will like that. And that's what buddy taught me. Uh, so, um, as, as years went by, uh, i my character. Um, I'm trying to develop that and to you know, my charisma. Like, working for Defy, especially with that hot crowd, man, this is it's awesome because I can now, like, work with the crowd. I can now, I, I have the crap out of my hands. You know what I mean? Now I'm learning more, like, character stuff and, you know, putting, putting, polishing my character off. But first, is wrestling and that's what you know and that's why buddy's so great because he doesn't if he can't if he when the bell rings if he can't wrestle then you shouldn't be there mm-hmm. good so enough point. like character stuff right now and you know you're getting the king cash polish that's what i'm working on right now and that's you know been you know i've been learning throughout the years
1: is just is get that getting that polish getting that refinement um Now, you you, you mentioned uh, you worked with the WWE doing some live events when you were 19, but you've also competed in Mexico.
0: Yes, I also wrestled in Mexico for uh, a super crazy promotion. invited me down there uh, for like a week, and we wrestled twice. Um, It was awesome. It was very cool. Um, I definitely want to go back, and uh, I had a great time, because you don't really do it like much, because Mexico's so cheap. You can go down with a little bit of money, but you can just wake up and just, like, go work out, go eat, go train. Go work out, go eat, go train. You can do that. You don't, like, you don't need to have, like, a normal, like, working life like you do in the U.S.
1: Um, What have you found to maybe be the biggest difference, say, not necessarily just with Mexico, but with the WWE, that the difference of competing in front of a, a live crowd as opposed to something, was there any television that was an option, or was it just working through live crowds um, and live events, or was there a television opportunity <laughs> in it? I can like watch Yeah, or either one, or Because you said you com- you competed um, for Super Crazy's promotion. I just don't know. Was that televised as well, or can you talk of the difference well, I was between the
0: two? Like a normal indie show, so it was like it was just a normal indie show. Um, it was small, but like when we did WWE, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't televised. But what we did, and there's still a hard cam that they they told us to you know work towards, and it's still a lot. Like it was a dark match, so it was an audience type of crowd. Mm-hmm. But um, what I really like about WWE is that there is um, when you do that type of stuff, like a dark match, is less character work. Again, they just want to see you wrestle, um, which I like. I mean, I'm not too much into character stuff. But I just want, like, this initial love. Like, here's a bad guy. Here's a good guy. All right, let him, let him wrestle. But I'm not a fan of, like, you know, like, we'll talk for an hour to the crowd in, in the middle of your match because essentially we're pretending a fight. And, I, like, in a fight you wouldn't stop and start talking to a crowd, right? Right. You're wrestling. So I don't like that much of the stuff that, you know, in indie wrestling happens. In WWE there is actually, like, they're always wrestling. Um, which I really like, but I'm like I, again, I'm not a fan of like a lot of indie stuff, and that's why I love the fight. The fight is great because like it's not like a in normal indie wrestling. It's straight up wrestling, and then there's your serious wrestling, there's your comedy wrestling, there's your hardcore wrestling. It's just all types of styles, which you know gravitates towards every kind of crowd, and um, you know it's it's great. Um,
1: how would you best describe your style? Maybe how it has it always kind of been the same thing or have you picked up little things along the way or
0: um I've always been like more of a I I love holes and you know mat wrestling a lot um I can't I'm not not a guy that would like flip for you or like backflip I can't backflip save my life um but I've always been more of a mat style wrestler um I I, I do a little bit about lucha as well and my stuff and I love lucha um But, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever seems, again, you're wrestling for the promotion and you're wrestling for the crowd. So whatever the crowd likes and um, the promotion likes.
1: Oh, so you just, you have to feel the crowd. It's not necessarily, it's a once you know, one type fits all. You change according to.
0: No, because if you do that, then you're just a robot, right? Mm -hmm. You don't. Um, I just see what, like, who I'm wrestling. If I'm wrestling with a bunch of kids, I'm obviously not going to go out and do a bunch of, like, big moves, you know what I mean? Right. But like, I mean, that then you can tone it down a bit and, you know, still play to the crowd.
1: So. Right. Um, some indie crowds, um, I remember talking to some some talent and they, they come off from being with a big promotion and then all of a sudden they're back in the indies and they do what they did on television and, and fans are sitting on their hands. And they're like, wow, so I've got to do a this into that, times this, back into that. Um, is it... Be- do you think that tends to be a little bit of an overkill, or do you think no? I mean, that's what the crowd wants. That's what you give them.
0: Um, it, it, for, if you ask a different wrestler, they're gonna all give you a different answer. Right. Um, there's no right or wrong. Um, but I, I necessarily don't like again. We're indie wrestlers. I, I don't want to like kill myself. You know what I mean? For like, you know, having the crowd. And if you can do it right, you can do some way easier way nicer with like a nice timing and the crowd will still enjoy that um but there's also promotions like pwg where these guys do like the, the coolest stuff ever like and times 10 you know and the crowd is like again given a standing ovation hmm. um but again like the pwg crowd is just a bunch of um wrestling fans that are not kids it's like a, i think 21 plus show or 18 yeah. plus show but I mean, if you go to an all child event, you can't—you can't do that. You gotta, you know, bring it down and because the child won't understand what are you doing in there, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you cater to that crowd. I totally get that. You
0: cater, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, now I originally heard that you've um, had a tryout camp with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, how'd that all come did? about? Yeah, how'd that all come about, and uh, would you walk away from it?
0: Um. I, I mean, I've heard it from a couple of people that, you know, Japan was uh, starting a camp um, in Los Angeles. I just didn't know when. And then uh, one of my buddies sent me a text, He's like, hey, they're doing this now. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to do it. I applied for it. I got accepted. I went down. Uh, I went to the first one that they, you know, held. Um, it was great. Shibata was the head trainer, um, along with Kushida, who came on the last day. Mm. Um, it was a five-day camp. It was brutal. Um, you know, 300-plus squats, um, hindu push-ups, circuit training, um, neck bridges, front bridges, um, jumping squats. And then, then you get into your ring stuff after that. Um, it, it was brutal five days, man. I was, I was very sore. Um, I walked away with a lot, of, with a bunch of, um, you know, training styles and new stuff. So, you know, you have to try. Um, I was invited back to go, um, hopefully in a couple months. Um, I'll go do another camp and, um, um, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think every wrestler should do that. And this goes back to us talking about, like, uh, wrestling and guys that are not in shape. Um, uh, I think every wrestler should do this because then this, this will straight up, t- like, tell you what wrestling is, you know, and what condition you have to be. Because this isn't easy. Um, this was very hard. Even for guys that were in shape, this was, you know, it kicked their ass. Um, but this was this was great you know in Japan it's all about discipline and hard work and respect you know and that's that's what wrestling is Um, so I think every wrestler should try and do it you know Uh,
1: so could we see you in an NJPW ring anytime soon
0: you could yes very possible Um, very soon hopefully but um, it's very possible you know like again I got a lot of time with you know, if I'm trying to get to WWE, um, I mean, they, they might call me tomorrow, they might call me in 10 years, they might never call me. But um, other than that, I'm going to try, you know, and and head out somewhere, uh, hopefully to New Japan. Um, but if not, maybe Mexico, maybe England. Um, those are going to be the two options because, you know, because making a name in the U.S. is it's getting harder now because there's a lot of, lot of wrestlers. Um, and if you just stand out,
1: yeah go, go different. Oh. So hopefully hopefully soon. Oh good. Uh, on July 20th, um, you'll be we mentioned this just at the top of the show. You'll be stepping in the ring with Defy wrestlings, uh, Defy wrestling during the Airy Swerve Two matchup. Uh, what can fans expect to see from King Cash and uh, his opponent?
0: show, check this out, because I had a couple friends that you never saw wrestling in their life that went to the last Defy show, and they're like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. It's not only wrestling, it's entertainment. Um, and you can, you can come, and the crowd is so live at Defy. Defy is my favorite indie promotion. Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of indie wrestling, but Defy, I love it. And, um, you know, if you just come to the show and just witness the show in person, and you can feel everything. And um, you can walk away just being entertained. Um, that's what we do. Uh, this this Friday, I'm going to be in there. Um, and I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm King Cash. You know, it, it doesn't matter who you put in the ring with me. Um, I'm going to put them in the finish. So I call it the Cash Clutch. It's a modified Camel Clutch with a full Nelson. Um, but I'm going to be whoever's going to be in the ring with me. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great night. Um, and I'm look, looking forward to it and um, everyone should definitely come out you know um, we got we got a bunch of good matches on the card and um, yeah it's, I mean I don't know who my opponent is yet but whoever it is is going to lose so it doesn't
1: matter <laughs> put them in their place, um, before, we go- in place. <laughs> before we let you go before we let you go was there anything fans can expect to see for King Cash from King Cash, um, as we're here in July of 2018, for the balance of the year and beyond.
0: Yeah, so I will be, I will be around the Pacific Northwest for a little while. I will be going to East Coast a little bit. Um, King Cash will definitely, will definitely make it somewhere one day. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that because I'm just trying to promote myself. That's that's the reality of having so many tryout camps and so many places, you know, I've gone and I've been told that I have a bright future ahead of me. I'm very young I'd, I'd, right now, but, um, hopefully soon you will see me. Uh, hopefully. I mean, my dream is WWE and, um, maybe one day you'll see me in WWE Maybe one day you see me in New Japan. Maybe one day you see me in Mexico and AAA. So yeah. you, uh, you don't know, but, um, you know, I had a great four year run again. I've, I've done so much in four years and I'm so thankful for, so grateful for, and, um, have another eight years in this business before you know I, I can think about quitting. So definitely come to the show. Definitely watch me before I head out somewhere. Hopefully somewhere big.
1: Super. Um, before we let you go, King, I did have one more question for you. Were you up for a little game? Okay. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So here on the Pro Wrestling Post podcast, we have something that we call Wrestling Tinder. Um, so much l- Tinder. Okay. Okay, so much like regular Tinder, if you're interested in the topic, you swipe right. And if it's that homely looking um topic that you're not really interested, you swipe left. Got it. Okay. Um I think this question kind of um so I'll pitch the question year, if you're interested, you swipe right and then you proceed to answer it. If you're not I gotta rack my brains for something else. Although I, I think this question kind of gravitated from our conversation. So the question is where do you see the future of wrestling as somebody that has such an appreciation of its past?
0: Swipe right. Go for it. So, I mean, business is becoming hotter, indie wrestling especially becoming hotter, um, and WWE is even becoming more global. So wrestling is great, you're heading to a great place. But maybe like when I hear about guys talking about 50 years or 60 years ago or 30 years ago, Um, wrestling was very hot during the territory days. And, you know, and I always regret not being around for that. But right now, like, from 10 years ago, wrestling is moving so much higher, you know, everywhere around the world. And WWE is becoming more global. Like, we we talked about the greatest Royal Rumble. Like, that would have never happened like 10 years ago. But right now, they're you know, they're going to every country, every place, and, you know, trying to promote WWE. And at the end of the day, it comes out to business. And um, I think it's going to a great place. And I think more opportunities are opening up for everybody.
1: Outstanding. Uh, Best of luck to King Cash on Friday, July 20th for Defy Wrestling's Aries Swerve 2. On behalf of King Cash, this is Mark Madison for the Pro Wrestling Post podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison, and we appreciate King Cash for his time. Once again, please visit ProWrestingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. Stay tuned for the next episode of Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison, as his guest will be Brody King. Thanks.